Hey guys, welcome to episode 7 of the Topic Tacklers. I'm Shane Bryant and I'm here with Liam Dunlop. How are you doing everyone? So today we're going to break down the biggest draft bust in NBA history, most notably from the 2000s to today. We just want to make a note right off the bat, we are recording April 21st, 2021, and it is about 5.30pm, not that it matters, but we're going to dive right into this. So before we take it away, Liam, is there anything you want to add in? So a lot, a lot of uh, draft busts are, you can say they were a bust, and then you can look back at their history and you're like, eh, they were okay. These guys we're going to talk about today were actual busts. They were drafted in the top three, and most of them were first overall picks. And yeah, we're going to look at, we're going to talk about why we think they were drafted that high why they like who drafted them and why did they draft them over certain players who they were drafted over and how their careers were yeah we're definitely not diving into uh busts that are like controversial like elijah Wan over jordan or anything like that so we're actually going to go with very notable draft busts like the biggest ones in history and like liam said number one number twos overall that are just kind of out of, out to left field or the person just didn't perform when there was clearly better players available. So the first one that we got right now is going to be Darko Milicic. And this is probably the most famous draft bust in NBA history just because of how stacked the lineup was. So obviously we have uh, LeBron James, right? He went number one overall to the Cavs. Then Darko Milicic got drafted second overall to the D- Detroit Pistons. And following that was Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade with the third, fourth, and fifth pick. I mean, those are all all-stars, all future Hall of Famers, um, champions. Three of them are champions. It is, I, I don't know. I don't know what, uh, what Detroit was thinking. But on the other hand of this, so Darko Milicic was actually like an outstanding big man in Serbia. He was, he's seven foot. He was a seven footer, 250 pound guy kid essentially so he had the build he was big and tall he out clearly performed extremely well in serbia but he just couldn't do it in the nba he only averaged 1.4 points per game in his first season and 1.8 points per game in his second season what do you think about this pick liam yeah when when we were doing the research for this episode when you told me those numbers <laughs> i i couldn't believe it was that low 1.4 point per game as you just said and 1.3 rebounds per game he only okay i'm gonna bring this up with that he never started a game for detroit in that year he only played 4.7 minutes so i don't know if it was he couldn't adapt to the to the american way of playing if he couldn't adapt to the the running gun big man style of those detroit pistons in the early 2000s or it was maybe a controversy with like the coaching but if you're only playing 4.7 minutes per game and you're the second overall pick, I don't think I don't think the coach wanted you. No. I I uh I don't know, man. I I honestly I don't really know what to say about this. Like in in his whole career, he played 468 games in the NBA. And he averaged 6 points in his whole career, 6 points per game. Um, I mean, four rebounds and 0.9 assists, man. Like, this guy was clearly trash. He's garbage. And I say he's probably the biggest name on this list because of the draft class. Yeah, because of the draft class. Because 
what would what were the scouts thinking? You watch Darko Milicic, and he's playing out in Serbia and Montenegro for a club team. But you're watching Carmelo Anthony, who, who we talked about on a previous episode, how good he was in college, how good Chris Bosh was at out of Georgia Tech, and how good Dwayne Wade was out of Marquette. What were what was the GM of the Detroit Pistons thinking? One more thing, out of all these players we're going to talk about here, who's the only one with a ring, though? <laughs> it's Darko Milicic. Darko Milicic has a ring with... The next year, how did they go from second overall to the champions? I don't know. Isn't that wild? Did so they ha- was this their draft pick or yeah. did they get it from somewhere? From Memphis. So they got it from Memphis. So that's a big one. So they actually tra- they actually traded up oh to get gosh. Darko Milicic. But it ended up working out for them because the next season, they won a championship. But that was one of my favorite teams I've ever watched. Those 2004 Pistons with... Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace, Chauncey Billups, Richard Hamilton with the mask on. But Darko Milicic sat on the bench. Guess how many minutes per game he played in the playoffs? 1.8. I don't get it. If you have Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, exactly what you're saying, Richard, Richard Hamilton, all these people, why are you even drafting Darko Milicic? You don't need a power forward center. You know what you need? You need a Chris Bosh. Who would honestly he would outperform uh, Richard Wallace in my opinion, um, or not you, that not in those days. You don't think? No. Well, I guess he would have been young. Young, exactly. He would have um, learned off him though. Yeah. Or you need a uh, Carmelo Anthony because they had Tayshawn Prince and he is not spectacular by any means, right? I mean, he just came off the Pistons team like two years ago. All right, we're gonna move on to the next uh, pick right now. And it's going to be one of the earliest. Actually, it will is the earliest pick uh, out of our list right now, and that's Kwame Brown. So 2001, Kwame Brown got selected number one overall by the Washington Wizards. I mean, he had a good college, or sorry, he had a great high school career. It's very hard to base a draft pick off high school film. You have like. Kevin Garnett, who play, who is a spectacular NBA um, legend, right? Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer, yeah. LeBron James came out of high school. All these people. Dwight Howard, right? And the Kobe. list goes on and on. Yeah, Kobe. Kwame Brown is just another person on that list that came out of high school, and he just didn't perform. He ended up playing for uh, six teams. Seven teams, sorry. Like, that's... I don't know. I don't, it's, again, I don't know what the Wizards were thinking, um, uh, he played a total of 600 games in the NBA and only averaged 6.6 points, 5.5 rebounds. Trash. And he was one of those guys where he bet on himself. He was like, yeah, he had a, he had a, actually an offer to go to the University of Florida, which were just becoming a powerhouse school. He would have played with like the Yoakam Noahs. He would have played with that those teams that won back-to-back championships. But I don't know. He he chose to go in. He got drafted first overall. His rookie year averaged four point five and three point five rebounds. And after his first three years in Washington, he got an offer to stay with Washington, five year, thirty million. For us, a, a normal human, hell yeah, I'm taking six million dollars a year all day. He's like, nah, 
I'm testing the market, gets injured, and just never finds success and never gets that big payday. This reminds me of uh, like a common day, or sorry, a past uh, Nerlens Noel, right? Mm-hmm. Remember that? He turned down that huge four years, whatever About it was. 80 mil or 80 something. Mil, yeah. 60 mil from the Mavericks to bet on himself, and look at him now. So one thing I'm going to say about this draft class, so the whole draft class wasn't too impressive as a whole. Like This isn't a memorable draft class. There are still Hall of Famers, and there are still really great players in this draft class. Tyson Chandler was second overall. Pau Gasol was third overall. Tyson Chandler came out of high school as well, out of Compton. Uh, Joe Johnson went 10th overall. Jason Richardson, how everyone knows of him for being the dunk contest champion for the Golden State Warriors. But nothing too spectacular until you get to the late first round, early second round. Tony Parker was 28th overall. So that's 27 teams missing out on a Hall of Fame player. Gilbert Arenas was had to wait till the second round to get drafted 31st overall. And there's nobody truly notable other than those guys. Joe Johnson, 10th, as I said. Richard Jefferson has had a long career, 13th, but... This isn't as big of a miss as Darko Milicic for me. No, I I do agree with you on that sense. At the end of the day, man, what are the Wizards thinking? A bust is a bust. A bust is a bust, but I do agree with you uh, when you saying when you're saying that this draft class is not it's not highlights, right? It's not highlights, but it does have a future Hall of Famers, Tyson Chandler, like you were saying, um, Olympic gold medalist and an NBA champion with the Dallas Mavericks. So we're going to switch over to our next uh, player here, and that is also a very notable bust in some eyes. Uh, I want to put an asterisk beside it because just look at look at everyone drafted after him, right? And I'll let you dive into that, Liam. But this is Greg Oden we're talking about. So he's got a pretty complicated story so he entered the draft right in 2007 had an outstanding college career at ohio state he was a clear top prospect right um but he's also battling with kevin durant for that number one number two spot same as when wiggins and jalil okafor were fighting for that one two spot greg odin gets drafted first overall to the uh portland trailblazers and right after Kevin Durant gets drafted, right? So Greg Oden, he just was riddled with injuries, man. He couldn't get anything going. Uh, he missed his entire rookie season with a knee injury. And then after playing two like pretty decent seasons, he missed another three years due to chronic knee uh, surgeries, issues, uh, injuries. And then he didn't return to the NBA in 2013. So like, it's just an injury-riddled career. Um, I mean, it was very unfortunate for the Trailblazers because they gra- drafted Odin and they had uh, um, Brandon Knight, who was injury-riddled. Brandon or, Roy, yeah. Yeah, sorry, Brandon Roy, yeah, yeah which uh, who was injury-riddled um, as well. So, But what do you got to say about Greg Odin here, Liam? I, I loved him. I loved him at Ohio State. Like, He was in my, like, when I started playing basketball when I was about like, 11, 12, Watching him play when he was at his one year of Ohio State, it was just, this guy is huge. 
This guy is a head and shoulders above everyone. He was seven foot, two hundred and fifty pounds, and that's where I find his issue to be. I think he was too big for his body. I think his bot his legs never never understood why they were carrying so much weight, especially when he's jumping and dunking and shooting and always in the air. And a lot of people compare Greg Oden to Joel Embiid. And I think that's a fair comparison because imagine Greg Oden had 2021 technology. Imagine yeah. he imagine he could go through an innovative, just arthroscopic knee surgery, and it was just it was way easier for him because we see Joel Embiid, he almost had the same sort of outlook coming in. He he ended up losing a whole season and a half because of a knee injury. Yeah. But one little surgery, he's back he's to, good to he, go. he's an MVP candidate yeah. now. And he was uh, labeled, uh, not the prospect, what was it? Joel Embiid, the... The, pr- the process. The pros, the process, yeah. yeah. The process, yeah. But, okay, let's go Let's go through this draft class quick. So, Greg Oden was drafted before. Kevin Durant, obviously Hall of Fame, maybe one of the best shooters we've ever seen. Yeah. Probably best, probably the best scorer of this generation. Yeah, two-time champion. Al two-time Horford, final MVP. Al Horford, still plays for the Thunder. Incredible for the Atlanta Hawks. He's probably going to get his number retired by them. Yeah, unreal pick. Him and Josh Smith played so well together. Yeah, they that were so a fun. Great right? team. Yeah, and with with Jeff Teague and all yeah. that stuff too. Mike Conley just signed. He signed the biggest contract in the NBA a couple years back. He was making. He's making forty million dollars a year. Mike Conley. And I'm not even saying in my opinion on this. This is just straight out facts. Mike Conley is the most underrated player in the all in all of NBA. Yeah. Have you? Did you know the guy has not even had an All Star game? He's not even been to an All Star game. I don't know. Maybe he didn't make it this year. I don't think he did. But he's never he been to an All Star game. And like you said, he's signing one of the biggest contracts in the NBA. Yeah, I've always I've always been on the fence with Mike Conley. I've always I've always found him as like a, a maybe like the seventh point guard in the league because he's playing in an era where point guards are everywhere like every team has a great point guard yeah. but yeah mike conley that was fourth overall we take a little bit of a hit jeff green he's made a good career he's made a decent career out of it yijian leanne bust yeah. Corey brewer long career brandon wright decent yokum noah unreal defensively yep. we saw him for the chicago bulls he was on that florida uh, yeah on those florida teams team that we were, we were talking, talking about, about earlier right and then it's like a bunch of average players and then there's nobody really deep. Like, Marcus Gasol was the only, like, wow, how did they mess up on him? 48th overall. Yeah. But Greg Oden, as we're talking about, injury-ridden career. Wish wish we saw wish we saw more of him. I, I wish I saw more of him at, in his prime in the NBA. I that would have been that would have been great. I mean, he only played 105 games total in the NBA. Yeah, that's one. That's averaged, one season. Averaged like. eight points, six rebounds. Man, if he had more, more like time to develop and like you said, the technology nowadays, like in 105 games, you're two points off, ten points, four points off, ten re or ten rebounds. I mean. Hey man, it's not horrible, man. Like he he's a he's a bust, but he's a good bust. Like he's a he's a what could have been bust, and good for good for Greg Oden. Just and he admits it. Like if if you ever walk by him on the street, 
They'll be like, oh man, I still had your jersey. Portland loved him. Portland wanted him to be the next big thing. And unfortunately, his just his body just couldn't take it. No. That's just it, man. So next on our list, we got uh, one of the Yukon studs. We were talking about Connecticut a couple episodes ago. And this is not in the um, championship run team we were talking about, though. But <laughs> Hashim Thabit. And a lot of people might be saying right now, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> right? He got drafted by the Memphis Grizzlies, second overall pick in 2009. Um, but he never even showed that he had uh, like a great promise for the NBA when he was in college. Like, he wasn't spectacular, right? He played 13 minutes per game in his rookie season and scored 3.1 points per game on 58.8% shooting. This man is... Uh, over seven feet tall, and monster, you're, and you're shooting fifty eight percent. Like, what is that? He shot fifty eight. Amazing, bro. But not scoring three point one points a game. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. yeah. So he's not taking shots. No, exactly. That's yeah. just it. And that was his most minutes played was in his rookie year. Yeah. That was his most minutes played at thirteen minutes per game in his entire seven year career. Yeah. That's so, so sad. He literally played for what seven years in the nba like yeah. you're saying he averaged uh 2.2 2. 2. 2 points 2.7 <laughs> 2. rebounds a game he, he averaged more rebounds than points a game yeah he's he was horrible he he was one of those guys where the other player like the other center or the other power forward whoever lined up against him his eyes would brighten because i'm getting by that guy yeah he's slow he was like they do a combine why aren't they testing these like if this guy got tested on like pure half court speed he was at the bottom of the barrel he was lazy he was slow and he just he just wasn't a good basketball player i don't know what they were doing and let, let's talk about who, who they drafted over him so obviously that was the blake griffin draft yeah so he went first overall because he was flying through the air all day in oklahoma yeah he got drafted one pick before james harden Tyreek Evans has been a little bit of a sneaky one. Yeah, he, but he was, went fourth. He was a very high prospect. I'd rather have Tyreek Evans though. than Hashim Tabit. I agree. Ricky Rubio. I, I don't know if you know this guy. This guy's pretty good. Steph Curry. Uh, yeah, I think you've heard of him. I think I actually think uh, you mentioned him in one of our March Madness <laughs> episodes about the most surprising runs that yeah. we had. Yeah, everyone knows of Steph Curry. Um, everyone who didn't draft him. In this draft, I mean Blake Griffin pick that is obvious. Yep. But Steph Curry should have been number two, obviously. James Harden three. Demar Derozan nine. Drew Holiday seventeen. Tyler Hansbrough, who we talked about thirteen. And he another another draft where they knew what they were picking, and that's why they picked him early. But another bus, like there's always going to be one or two bus in those top fives. And yeah, Hashim Tabit is obviously one. And there's there's another one a couple years later where we were surprised. We're from Canada here, and we were honestly shocked that this guy went first overall because he had a decent March Madness. So yeah, who are we talking about, Jane? So we are talking about the Canadian heartthrob. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're talking about Anthony Bennett. The um, I don't even know what to call him, man. A prospect out of UNLV. That is the best way to describe him. He was 
a number one overpick by the Cavs for no reason, dude. They had Tristan Thompson. Ugh. They had Tristan Thompson, who they drafted two years prior, and they had at that point they had uh, Zadrudis Ogowskis at center. Man, yeah. I don't even care, bro. Like, you don't need Anthony Bennett. I don't know why they drafted him. There was no reason he should have went first overall. He ended up playing for uh, four teams in the NBA. In four years. In four years. Yeah. Um, his career, like his career stats, are absolute garbage. One hundred fifty-one games played. That's it. How four, many started? I don't care. Four. Only four games started. He didn't even start a game in his rookie year. First sure? overall. That's yeah. Disgusting. He started three games for Minnesota the next year, That's and then one bad. for Brooklyn. Yeah. So he averaged four point four points in his career. One hundred fifty-one games. Four point four point four points. A game that's just i don't know man like he played around the g league for years until his nba career pretty much came to an end um and that was the year of the greek freak yeah that's that's the so. year of Giannis antetokounmpo went 15th overall the rest of the draft is isn't great like i'm gonna say that too victor oladipo went second he's obviously has knee injuries but he was incredible for orlando and then went to indiana was all right Otto Porter Jr., meh. Cody Zeller, meh. Alex Land, meh. Nerlens Noel, who we talked about earlier, yeah. should have taken that big deal. Right. Ben McLemore was great in college, no. Kentavious Caldwell-Pope got a ring last year with the Lakers, good for him. Trey Burke out of Michigan, meh. CJ McCollum, unreal shooter. Yes. But, like, there's not great no, players on this. they were small. The people who came out of that draft as elite players were small school um, Greek freak, obviously overseas players, like just, just n- not not the not the players that were on everyone's big board. Yeah, because CJ McCollum, remember him back in March Madness, Lehigh. Yeah, remember how good he was. He beat Duke. Yeah, Lehigh when <laughs> Lehigh beat Duke that yeah. year, the first round. Was that two over fifteen? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was, it was something it was crazy. Something crazy. But man, Anthony Bennett, I have no idea. Like we, I think we watched this draft together. Yeah, because we yeah. used to always watch like the NFL NBA drafts together and we looked at each other and we're like what? Even um Jay Billis had Anthony Bennett I think as like number 6. And oh, then yeah. the Cavaliers like, "Hmm, this Canadian kid looks all right." Like, what are you thinking, I man? I have no idea. I loved it because it's like, "Oh my god, is this going to change ca- Canadian basketball?" We had two picks in the top 13 this year with Kelly Olynyk going 13, but it's like what the hell are you thinking? I didn't even know who this kid... Like, we obviously knew who he was because we're from around here. He was on our sports center. Yes, lot. he was on our sports center a lot, but wow, he jumped out of nowhere. He jumped out of nowhere. He didn't even take UNLV that far in the March Madness. Yeah. I don't even think they made it. They made Sweet 16 Okay, max. yeah. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what I ran. He won three games. So, that's... Yeah, that was awful, man. That was an awful pick. Uh, so next on our list, this is the going to be the last and final player, and it uh, it might be a little bit surprising. A lot of people might forget about this pick because I did. Yeah, because it was back in two thousand eleven. So the draft class was I don't think it was stacked. There's um, there's some good players. There's on some here. good like, ones like early though, like even top sixteen. But they okay. were they were like 
late lottery picks, all the great, great players. Right, yeah. So right now we're talking about uh, Derek Williams. So he was the forward, the power forward. He got drafted by the Minnesota Timberwolves, obviously, because they're actually pretty good as well at picking some <laughs> duds. Yep. Except for Carl Anthony Towns. But yeah. he got drafted by the Tim- Timberwolves second overall. But number two overall, Derek Williams, who is uh, later traded for Luke Mbamamute. Mbamute, yeah, we know. Great defensive player. Yeah, okay, cool. So, but he got drafted ahead of Clay Thompson, Kemba Walker, and Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> I mean, right? Some um, Clay Thompson who went to Washington State, yeah, which nobody knew about, but you, yeah. because his his dad was in the NBA, they were like, okay, let's get him, and he, he turned into one of the best shooters of all time. Yeah, uh, Kemba obviously went to Connecticut, won the championship. Yeah. Um, and Kawhi Leonard, who went to San Diego State, so also a kind small of school. a small school, but he played unreal in the March Madness. Mm-hmm. Anyways, at the end of the day, wrong choice by the Timberwolves, man. Like Derek Williams, the forward. This is not even a point where you have to pick positions. Like this man, he played four hundred twenty-eight games in the NBA and only averaged eight point nine points. And four rebounds. He played for six teams. Like, this was just as clear a mistake by the Timberwolves. Honestly, one of many in this era. From 2009 to 2012, their draft picking was absolutely atrocious. Yeah, we got, we got to remember how good he was in college, though. In his freshman year, he was named to the All-Pac-10 first team, and he won Pac-10 freshman of the year, averaging 15.7 as a freshman. He was really good. Sophomore year averaged nineteen point five and eight point three. He was he was up there for being one of the more effective players and and just like clutch guys because he made a huge block less than two seconds less than two seconds to go against Memphis in the tournament. Hit a huge three point play against Texas, and then he got to the Sweet Sixteen, and then he had. 32 and 13 against number one seeded Duke, where he beat yeah. they beat them by 16 and got to the Elite Eight, and they ended up just losing to Connecticut that year, 65 63. So man, he was unreal. Pac-10 Player of the Year. He was second team All All American. He was he was a beast. But yeah, another one of those players where never panned out in the NBA. We don't know if it was coaching. We don't know if it was. He couldn't adapt to the play style of the team, but we got to talk about we got to talk about the positive things for these guys a bit. So he goes over to Europe. Yeah, goes over to Europe. plays plays for Bayern Munich, which everyone knows is the soccer team. Wins a championship there. Wins German league champion. The next year he goes to Fenerbahce and wins the Turkish Cup. There you go. That was this year, I think. <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, tw- last year. Yeah. Hey man, he's winning. He's winning something, right? He's doing better I mean, than the rest of the guys we've talked about. That's just it. And honestly, a lot of these college players that you do see in March Madness tournaments that don't make it to the draft end up overseas. Why not? Why, Why wouldn't you want to live in like Italy and just have like a free house and a free car and just play just ball? That'd be so or fun. Turkey, man. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be beautiful. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know. Good for him now. But uh, yeah, NBA was definitely not his... Forte, I would say. It wasn't very nice to him. But, I don't know. Just the way it is. That's how busts go. It's just, sometimes 
you win some sometimes you lose some that's it, it's how it is it's it's i don't know if it's on the scouting uh it could be like a greg odin situation where it's on the injury it could just be straight out um darko milicic this guy looks so good in another league but comes over to the nba and just sucks exactly it happens and it happens in all leagues not just the nba the nba definitely i would say has probably the most and maybe the most notable because there's only two rounds and that means you're essentially taking the best of the best players in the entire world now because they're getting a lot of players overseas coming over the nba and everything and you're crunching them into the top 64 or whatever it is right so i don't know what are your thoughts on that one yeah like you have to you have to choose whether this guy that just put on a, a clinic in the march madness is better than a guy from Greece or a guy from Serbia that had an amazing year out in the EuroLeague. How can you compare the two? Because they're playing against different competition. And when we look back at like really high prospects like Luka Doncic, he was 16 playing against men. So you could tell that he knew how to play against the best of the best, even when he's only 16 and playing so great out in Europe. But yeah. I, I love these little episodes where we can just compare different players like this. And I think the next episode will be uh, top draft bus in the NFL because everyone knows t- every day on sports center, whenever the draft comes up, these guys come up as well. Oh, for sure. And we're not going to give too much away because we already got a couple of uh, thoughts bouncing around, but I'm sure you guys all can guess. Uh, We'll probably do either an overall draft bus for the NFL or might even specifically uh, focus on quarterbacks because there is quite a bit of that <laughs> so as well. Easy, yeah. so, so we don't know. Um, but yeah, we're just about to sign off. This is episode seven. I'm Shane Bryant. Uh, Liam, is there anything you want to add before we get out of here? No, if you guys have any ideas of who you guys think are the best, biggest draft bus, just message us on Facebook and yeah, we'll get your shout outs on there. Yeah, facebook.com slash the top attacklers. You can reach our podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor app, uh, Stitcher, and Breaker app. So if you guys want to check out uh, more of myself, you can find me on TikTok, your guy Bri Official. And where can we find you, Liam? You can find me on Twitter at Liam S. Dunlop and at the Hammer MMA Mixed Martial Arts Show. Thanks, guys, for listening.